This is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back to Part of Us. Before we jump into today's really exciting episode, make sure to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Invoke Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have comments or questions, send them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever it might be that you listen to us. So before we really get into the big news of the day, um, we want to talk about what's trending. So up first is our top news item, and it sort of ties into uh, to this week's topic of discussion. People have been asking for what seems like years if and when we would get a biopic chronicling the career of the Funky Divas. Well, it looks like the Invogue gods have heard our prayers. One of the sources on Invogue's team reached out to inform us that Invogue has signed a deal with Fox to produce their upcoming biopic. Our insider, who, who's asked to be uh, anonymous, had to say the following, quote, We are on our third round of interviews, so it looks like it's real. It would air on Fox TV, from what I'm told. It's a long way from being done, so there's a lot that could go wrong, Don, before completion. But contracts have been signed, and the interviews are extensive and are underway with all parties involved. I'll keep you posted, or I'll keep you updated. Hopefully, many questions will be answered from the bio. Pick. The biopic will be a mini series, a la the three part uh, mini series, The New Edition Story, which aired on BET in 2017. So, a movie that's broken up into individual episodes and aired over several nights. Last season, we briefly discussed a biopic, and I think we all said that we prefer a biopic over an in vogue musical. So, how does everyone feel about this news? Are you excited? 100%. 120%. Um,. <laughs> I would say that it has to be done right. And so if this was say, <laughs> I'm thinking of my co-host JT in this, uh, in this moment, but if it was like Lifetime or BET, I wouldn't be excited. And if it was just a movie, I wouldn't be. So I like the way that this news item has been presented to us um, as, you know, a Fox which is network television, Fox, 21st Century, Fox is owned by Disney. There's just so, you know, there's just, you know, um, layers to the entertainment industry. So like, like that's a great production company to be working with. And then also a mini series. So it's not just going to be something that is kind of, um, you know, you're trying to pack in so much into two hours. Because I feel like even though I enjoyed the Clark Sisters Lifetime movie, it was just like, you know, you, you're doing decades in like two hours with commercials. So the way it's presented... Yes, I think it will be a win for them. Um, I'm the, the just optimistic with them. I know it's been said on here that, you know, they're past their peak. They'll never have hitting it. They'll never be mainstream. I still feel like it could happen. I saw what happened with Cher and Belize. I, I do wish that for them. So I don't want it to kind of be the end like it is for so many acts. Like it's like the biopic and then that's just kind of like a signaling that it's it. Um, so hopefully that won't be it for them. But I, I, I know it could do a lot to have a biopic on network television many nights um, running. So I, I'm excited. And then especially like the the continue like royalties and stuff like that, like you know, um, uh, VH1 is always playing the Jackson film, you know, or like you know uh, the new edition story or like the Temptations, the Five Heartbeats, like all those classic movies that 
constantly get played in rotation every single year on TV, like it would be a good look for them to just be able to, you know, have that residual money uh, coming in, you know, if it's good, I feel like because it's Fox, it will be good. Um, just because of the quality or whatever. So I'm happy. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I think it's deserved because they have a really, they have a really good story to tell. And it's a very visual story. Yes, 100%. I think it's going to be good. I mean, like, I'm, I'm also excited that it's not Lifetime. I, no shade to Lifetime or TV One or like somebody who's going to try and do it in like two hours like quick fast and dirty like I just don't there's just too much to work with there so I'm excited that it's not going to be that um the one thing I'm curious about is most of these like most of these biopics end with a culminating moment where they're back together so like the new edition story I think at the end you see them back on stage together as like they've worked through some level of differences and they've come back to reunite and so I just can't imagine I wonder what the end point is because the end point the end point can't be we're still here with three with with uh, with Rona and none of the you know the <laughs> other two aren't there like I just feel like that's there's got to be something else maybe in the works that we don't know about as well that could be uh, tied into this because otherwise I just don't know that it has the nice sweet wrap up ending that most biopics require in this case so maybe there's something else coming too it could end that way though I don't know I wouldn't be mad at that either but it says that all parties are involved which makes me think that there's got to be something else coming to make it feel nice and clean and like a positive when i think about the other groups that have done biopics like new edition for example when you think about new edition's fan base and you think about kind of the venues they're able to sell and when you think about their biopic, which was on BET, I just don't see how In Vogue would equate to Fox as a network. Now, maybe as a production company, sure. You know, because a lot of times with like production companies, you still end up on a different network. Because there were like a couple of shows that had like Fox as like a production company, but they were like on like a different network and they ended up getting canceled. And so, I mean, maybe, but I just, I find it very hard to believe that In Vogue would be on like Fox as a network doing a biopic. When you think about their programming and when you just look at the shows that they have, I just don't even see how In Vogue would align with that. Like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, In Vogue would make sense going to BET, VH1, Lifetime, TV1, but Fox... And when you think about who Fox is trying to appeal to, like if this was if this was like the '90s when Fox was trying to appeal to a black audience to build their network, okay, sure. But in 2022, 2023, I just don't see it. Who do you think they're trying to appeal to? What audience? To me, when I look at the the programming of Fox, to me they're they're looking for a very mainstream audience. Like they're looking for middle America. Was the mask singer on Fox? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's interesting tie-in. But so was Empire and our kind of people 
If Fox has had a history even recently in the last couple of years of like creating pl- programming specifically for black folks, like featuring and starring black folks. So I feel like that's not like a... What? 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 Like what shows? Empire was massive for Fox. Um, our kind of people it. with Yaya DaCosta, but I mean, it had like anyway. a good season run. Yeah. It had a good, se- it had a good run. It had, it wasn't just like a hit it and quit it one season. I mean, but my kind of people was literally one season. It got canceled. But what I'm saying is, it, it, it's showing that they're at least attempting, and we don't know what's. This is not going to happen for at least another couple of years, so we don't I know think if they're the mass singer tie-in is very interesting, but. I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I would love for it to happen, to for it to be done right, and to be done in a way that you know is worthy of what Invogue has brought to the industry. But I think a lot of the networks just don't have a great history of appreciating what Black R and B groups have brought to the table. So that's really just why I'm skeptical when I think about who has appreciated Black groups in the past you know it's really been networks like tv1 and bet that your vh what network was the temptations on the temptations oh that nbc was so i have no idea it was it was nbc i believe okay thank you josh but i mean i mean my hopes are high i think that you know this is a story i hope that everyone involved is participating and telling their point of view um, because what we've learned from the Biggie, the Notorious B.I.G. Um, film, like Little Kim did not participate, but it still happened with or without her. And also, she still got a check, even though she didn't participate. Like she and Mike Tyson doesn't didn't like isn't a part of the Mike the the Tyson yeah. on Hulu, and he yeah. was telling us to boycott it. Yeah, so it's like. I so everyone involved does not need to be involved. You know, I mean, they're going to... Because when you're a public figure, you know, it can happen without you. Um, you know, they still have to cut you a, a, a check of some sort based on what I've heard from Little Kim, who was against the Notorious B.I.G. movie. Um, but, you know, hopefully it'll be fabulous. I hope everyone says their points of view and I hope, you know, it becomes something that is as close to fact as close to fact as possible <laughs> well what are your thoughts on it being a miniseries as opposed to a single film well um now I as someone who just saw the Elvis biopic and I actually loved it and um and of course like Elvis he's you know he's a you know figure who I would say for lack of a better word is controversial and so particularly in the black community in our community you know people feel some kind of way about Elvis but just like taking putting all of that aside um, and all kind of other personal demons that he might have had just the way that it was presented from you know Boz Lerman the director he did a great job like he's actually a film maker and not just a content creator not just somebody with a camera but actual filmmaker so um it would be great if it was a film but a film like i said so much has to be condensed um and so that can kind of take away from the story so i do like that it is a mini series because then you can get really in depth and i'm thinking even you can kind of see some of the ladies lives before they were in vogue like you know when i um saw this i my mind just goes to all kind of places so seeing like cindy's frustration with being like this actress you're getting all these pilots but they never get picked up and you're probably getting cast and things but your part might get cut out 
And so you're in your late 20s and people are asking, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do if this doesn't work? And Invoke kind of comes along. And I think even when Invoke came along, she still did that pilot while in the Valentines with um, Tatiana Lee and Tevin Campbell and Saida Garrett. So like, just like seeing stuff like that, seeing Dom, Maxine and Terry and, you know, living in... Oakland together in an apartment while they're making the record. Like, I feel like if that, if it's a single film, like, there will be a lot that you just wouldn't see and you would kind of have to, like, start at the audition to kind of get it kicked into place. And, you know, so I think a miniseries is good. I just hope there's someone with a kind of, like, a cinematic air who directs it. Yeah, when it comes to, like, um, single film biopics, it's like a lot of times people choose to do like a specific era of an of, of a artist's uh, career. And I feel like the miniseries, it gives us a chance to go through In Vogue's career from conception to present day. Maybe even like giving, well, I don't know if you would need to do it because they've been adults the whole time. But like, you know, having like a younger version, maybe older version. But I don't think that, I don't think, think that is that, that needs to be done. Um, but yeah, it just gives you a chance to kind of like, you know, go more in depth to like, especially if it's like a three part, like you, the three part can be about their first, you know, album. It can be, and then the three, second part can be about, you know, their success, the breakup, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's so much that can be, there's so much story that can be told. So I'm, I'm actually here for like a, I'm here for it to be a miniseries versus just a single film. I agree. I feel like there's no... I, I don't think anybody, any artist with the number of years in the game should have to reduce their story to like an hour and a half with commercials. So I think it's good that it's it's a miniseries. We don't... And at this point, you know... I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, miniseries were like a regular thing, you know, like that was a staple of primetime television was mini, like a miniseries. But now I feel like miniseries when they do come out are like they, they have a, a special event quality to them. Like the new edition story was like big because we hadn't seen in a minute that kind of like multi-part um biopic in a while I don't think on on television so like that's kind of cool I think the TLC story was well done but I think that was just one that was a really long one film as opposed to a miniseries so I feel like there's strengths in both but I feel like many the miniseries will tell all the things I feel like the first part's going to be all the lead up the middle part's going to be the massive success and then the third part's going to be all the mess that came after so <laughs> it's going to be um, it'll be juicy hopefully can you imagine them recreating that TMZ uh, interview <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine I would die I just hope they don't like try to fl- like fluff it up because at this point we all we all know the mess so like they have to lean into the mess I hope to see the mess. Tell yes. the truth, damn it. Show yeah. So now, anytime there's an Invoke project and it's dealing with their history, um, there is just always potential for drama. Um, with the insider telling us that all parties are involved, that implies that Don is involved. So do you think 
Donald be a problem. Um, of course, they don't need her to do the biopic as, um, you know, like the example that JP gave about Little Kim, um, you know, not being involved, even though she did get paid. Um, and then Josh even talked about um, in a previous episode how, like, now just, you know, you can base it on something, you know, base it on like a someone's journal um, and you can still make the movie. So they don't need her. But do you think she'll be a problem? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Surprisingly, I don't think so. I think that she, I feel like Don will recognize this is a great opportunity. Um, and I think that she wants to tell her story her way. And, you know, regardless of, I don't know if the ladies are going to be, I, maybe it's too soon to tell if ladies are going to be like producers on the film or just like consulting producers where it's, it's like they're giving interviews and giving their personal accounts on stuff that happened but you're going to have producers and writers who are going to tell the story they want to tell so I think that if it's that way I think that um, Dawn is going to want to tell her side of the story so I don't, I don't think she'll be a problem at least in my opinion you know what Ooh. they should do you know what they should do they should do a five night miniseries where every every night is the invoke story from the perspective of a different member (laughs) (laughs) so dawn gets her time to say exactly what she thought went down even if it is in direct contrast to what everybody else (laughs) believes that will never happen because that's just entirely too uh I don't know duplicative but like that would be that would be fun I think from a fan perspective to understand what as opposed to the condensed like everybody agrees that this is how we're gonna say it went like I want the I want the dirty how did it really go from each perspective Mr. JP is Donna going to be a problem you are her public defender has she raised any objections yet I mean, I, I don't know if Donna's going to be a problem. She's a bit unpredictable. She still has to be blocked. But um, I think that... I just think it's about how you approach the situation. What I can say is I don't think anyone wants to feel like an afterthought. I don't think anyone wants to feel left out of the situation. So I'm sure if they approach her a certain way, then I think, you know, if the check is right and they approach her with the the due respect that a diva such as her deserves, I think she'll be fine with it. I love the positivity and I, I don't want to be the negative Nancy, but it's Don Robinson. Of course she's going to be a problem. Even, like, even if she does participate, um, like, I mean, of course, there's going to be editing and like um, someone who said it. It's like the producer. There's producers. There's writers. You know, there's all kind of other creative people that are still telling the story at the end of the day. The director, you know, they're, they're going to have an approval of the network. Um, but she, I mean, if she is going to have something to say and it most likely is going to be negative. Um they could go two ways there's one she could kind of be like Denise Clark who was like even though they reached out to her she was just like oh they never reached out to me I didn't like this I wish I could have sat with the actress or then it could go you know it could air and if there's anything that she doesn't like that shows her in a bad light which if they get into like Lucy Pearl and Dre and how kind of everything kind of that she did just kind of like spiral she's gonna have something to say I mean she's going to have something to say and she's gonna start going in on the members and they didn't tell me this person did this it's just 
you know, like what? If, like I, I have never heard this quote before until like last week. But they're like, history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. <laughs> she is going to come with something. Like Don, there's just no way. It's just gonna be like, oh yeah, I enjoyed the movie. No. You know what would be really really cool is if on the miniseries the ending of the miniseries ends on their reunion as Sylvia Rhone's honor them honoring Sylvia Rhone as EV5 and it would be cool if the five women playing them did that performance and recreation and then it transitioned into the actual ladies recreating that performance as well that would be so cool like in the same outfit same hairstyle but it's like you know the the actual ladies are recreating them because you know it's just all we have is like stock foot not st- but all we have is like camera phone footage or whatever you know that's all we have so if they can like recreate I that I don't know I hear you I agree but it would be so unsatisfying to me as a fan <laughs> knowing all the mess that even came after that performance to not get <laughs> to not oh, no, get a satisfied right. Right. like I just want to I right. want to like and when I think about it if I'm watching this and I get to the conclusion even if just for five minutes I want to be like transported into fantasy land where I imagine that they are all getting along (laughs) and that whatever note we end on is like maybe we might get a tour even if I even if it's shut down like I just want to feel that for like five minutes you know and I feel like if it ends on the Sylvia Roan thing I feel like I know it's fake (laughs) you know what I mean like (laughs) well I I mean it's interesting like just thinking now thinking because see they need to hire us I mean maybe we could be consultants maybe we could be part of the research team but they need to get the part of us crew yes and Matt our producer like get all of us we'll make it happen for you because just look at all the creativity that's coming but thinking about the end I'm kind of you know laughing a little bit because it's like with the Elvis biopic with Tina Turner biopic where um, where it's ending right before the credits and they have like the you know the script on screen like well Tina Turner went on to sell out stadiums and Elvis um, you know he died at this time but then like his legacy lived on and he sold all his records after he died with involved it'll be like Cindy Terry and Ron are still touring. Magazine tours as a solo artist. Don Robinson is writing a book in a solo album. (laughs) I mean, so really, like, that, so I do like what you're saying if they kind of end, um, you know, just, I I, I do like Chance idea where, you know, you have the three ladies, they're in, you know, and then, like, in Vogue comes out, you know, it it transitions to the action one, but that would be kind of hot. People wouldn't be expecting that. But I think she'll be a problem. You know what we should you know how we should be involved? They should make us reporters <laughs> in the miniseries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we do want to shout out quickly to our EV insiders. They've really come through for us these past two seasons, sending us music and now letting us know of these developments with the biopic. We really appreciate we really appreciate you and thank you, thank you, insiders. Um, before thank we go to the discussion, I do want I do want to point out that um, In Vogue also had a placement at the Emmys. Um, I don't know if you guys the watched Emmys. The, yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the Emmys, but when. Um, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, when Jason Sudeikis won um, Best Actor in a Comedy Series, they played What a Man. And they was bumping in Vogue. Yeah, I did see that. 
And shout out to Cheryl Lee Ralph for winning that Emmy. You are a dream girl. Yes. Shout out to Jack Hay for being the first to win Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. So shout out to all of them. And just since, you know, let me just say this. Um, Renee Elise Goldberry, I don't know if Girls 5 ever was nominated for anything, but Renee Elise Goldberry, who, you know, most people probably know from Hamilton, she was asked if um, there could be any guests on Girls 5 ever, like who would she want to see? And she did say in Vogue. And she was like, wouldn't it be funny if they were like on the show, like trying to be like Whitney or something, something along those lines. So um, that would be know, great. The TV world seems to love in Vogue. So go in Vogue, go in Vogue. Oh, that would be great. great. This season, we tackled everything from Invo's clash with Luther Vandross to the group's first album not produced entirely under the supervision of longtime producers Foster McElroy, EV3. We discussed former members' attempts to launch girl groups of their own, unreleased albums, the group's haunting mid-tempo hit whatever, and the unrealized reality shows. We also welcomed our first guest co-host, so my question to you guys are, what was everyone's favorite episode this season? I know what mine was, just off the top of my head. I had so much fun doing the Please Be Gentle With Whatever episode. I asked our fearless leader and just exquisite producer, like he is just top notch. Um, and very detailed and very thorough. So it's nice that he, you know, allows us to kind of, you know, contribute ideas and, you know, kind of encourages us to do so. So like I wanted to do a deep dive into whatever, just because I just feel like that is just, it's, it's just such an interesting moment in their career. It's like a pivotal moment. I don't think it was an all is lost moment, but it just kind of was so great. But then just because of, um, how can I put this like expectations you know something like a lot of times we get to lost the numbers and our opinions of something might change based on how successful something is or not or and you know just what's revered is based on how successful it was or not but people can't just look at it for what it is and so to just give it some kind of some context um I thought that was fun and just as a fan like being able to go deep and knowing that you know like how Reddit has all these subreddits you can get really 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 into the minutia of something just knowing that there's that space here for In Vogue fans that was a lot of fun and we all got along with that episode I we met Champ I missed you on that episode I wanted you there so bad but Josh of course killed it as always JP was you know he was amiable that episode so it was just it was it was fun (laughs) Um, I think my favorite episode was Reality Bites. It was really, I, I love talking about in vogue in the future, you know, like what could be, what, what could have been, you know, what could happen to this, this. I love talking about that, you know, um, so Reality Bites was like my very, was one of my favorite, uh, episodes. I'm happy you liked that one. I really, maybe it was just me. I was just so, uh, I just felt maybe more so recording it than how it actually sounded, but I just felt very, I, I felt like I wasn't being hostile. So that's why I think I kind of had to apologize at the end <laughs> because like, I just know like I like reality shows, just my thoughts on them. Sometimes I, it can be extreme. I'm just like, no, no reality. But like you, Champ, you did such a great job on that episode. Um, you were high, you just, you know, so Thank knowledgeable you. about the industry. 
and you were like the peacemaker because Josh wasn't on that episode. So generally, you know, I don't like doing anything when Josh isn't no. there. Just like, oh, Josh isn't here. Ugh. <laughs> so maybe that's another reason why I had a bad attitude. But like, you really held that one together and gave like great examples of, you know, um, you know, like people who might have taken deals that weren't financially like in that moment like the best but they paid off in the long run like you're just very knowledgeable gave a lot of information so that was you did a great job on that one yeah it's it's funny listening to episodes back and listening to my thoughts and i'd be like damn i, I sound like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I, I know my shit you know uh, what about you josh Oh, my my fave, uh, I'm going to co-sign the Be Gentle With Whatever episode just because, like, I had I had held on to uh, whatever being such, like, my little, I don't know, my little gay boy, like, fantasy in La La Land that I never was going to talk about in depth with anybody. And so it was like, we get to do a whole hour on this one song, video, everything. It was just like, yes. I can really go in how I want to go in that nobody else in my entire universe cares about <laughs> the way that I care about. So <laughs> that was really fun. Um, and I think it's such like a, it's such an almost, almost, almost massive hit that I feel like should have been. And I think it was good for us to give it the justice that it was due. Um, I will say, I also really enjoyed the episode where we were able to talk about the vibe article and kind of talk about all the Luther drama um, more so because I think we're usually, it's a lot of conjecture, right? Like we're, we're sort of making guesses and assumptions and we're, uh, talking about everything allegedly. But like, it was nice to sort of hear in written format the words of the ladies themselves and respond to those things. It felt different than some of our other episodes. And so that was kind of cool to be able to be like, okay, they said this and this was kind of shady. So like, what is, <laughs> let's unpack that for a hot second. You know what I mean? Versus like assuming. Yeah. we know what their inner thoughts are we actually heard their inner thoughts and and that was kind of cool too but and just to say the d I, I wasn't here for the dt episode but it was a hell of a listen i was listening in the car and i was hollering <laughs> at some of the those moments so <laughs> yes and the that stats episode, show it the stats show good. it <laughs> <laughs> the episode was good. I will say that it was a really good episode. The people were in the people were in an uproar with with those videos, and I love it. Um, I was not like you said, pretend I wasn't here for the the whatever episode, but I will say that whatever is one of my favorite songs by Inbo, like one of my favorites. So I was sad that I wasn't there to talk about my favorite song. I know, like there was there was a part that happened just for you because like you have that very excitable persona and then I had to read it. I was like, oh Lord, like, because my voice is just, I don't know, well, that's the one, like, I don't know if we're going to talk about, okay, well, um, I don't know, just like hearing yourself too. Like for me, like I'm extremely tone deaf. So the way in my head I sound, it's always sounds so different. Like I'm, I'll never get used to hearing how I sound. And so it's just like, oh my God, I'm going to have to read this. Uh, I just feel like I can never hit the kind of notes that I knew you could have done. <laughs> but um, yeah, that... It was it was so funny. I was in the gym listening to the last episode. And when we had, when uh, you asked me to, when I was reading uh, Dawn's quote, and you were like, do the voice. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. I was like, I forgot that that happened. But that was really, really funny. Um... 
Well, so now that we know what everyone's favorite episodes were, have any of the topics we discussed this season changed your mind on anything? Not really. For me... Um, and it's interesting because, like, just like thinking about how the season started to where it progressed, like, um, well, I don't want to go boy trade secrets, so I'm not going to give the actual timeline, you know, we're, we're going to keep that to ourselves, but just knowing how things progressed and how it kind of started, and just thinking about, like, in terms of, like, thinking about it in terms of, like, how albums do, or even a television show where, like, you have a really great first season and you kind of see, like, these episodes with these views. So then there's that expectation of, okay, like, we kind of averaged 400 last season, 400 views on YouTube anyway, as far as I know, like, a little bit more than 400, and then kind of coming and just hoping, like, we can kind of match that success or have some kind of, um, you know, a a good share of that success. Um, And then seeing how, with kind of disgusting drama, like, having that versus in there, I think, you know, kind of elevated the listenership and then keeping it going um, with the, you know, the dynamic strikes back that's based analytically just looking at the numbers that was like the most listened to episode for season two. And it's like, I think probably the second most listened to episode um, throughout the entire podcast. And it's like, well, people really like drama. So while I um, won't say that... And do... And do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, th- I think that's my only kind of thing that I would say. Um, I I just will say, like, maybe that kind of changed, like, going forward and knowing kind of like, okay, if we want to press, like, you know, this button and we want to, like, you know, get more viewers, like, a little thing like a versus or just how you title something to make it a little bit dramatic, like, people are going to respond to that. And you look at the engagement, all of the comments, like, I think the DT letter or the, the Donna Mexican Strikes Back one, like, there was so many comments. And, of course, there might be the same people arguing back and forth, but it's just, like, that's the only thing that I had in my mind that I didn't really think so much of during season one. During season two, it was like, okay, you know, let's give the people what they want. They want a cat fight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I don't think that any of the topics have changed my mind. I'm very set in my ways. Um, I do feel like I approach every episode wanting to give Dawn the benefit of the doubt because I know that I do have very aggressive and strong opinions about her. Um, and so I do, you know, try to come in, you know, trying to you know, see things from her point of view. But the more that we dive in, I'm like, no, I'm right. <laughs> no, I think I'm right about what I'm saying. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, sorry, darling. I feel like, I feel kind of the same way. Like, it's very, I said what I said over here. Um, and I think the only episode that kind of, I don't, I don't think my opinions drastically changed per se, but after we all talked about EV3, I did go back and listen. Cause you know, sometimes you go to an album and you go to the songs you know you like, right? And so it was interesting to hear. Cause I think we had different opinions about our favorite songs, which songs we didn't like. And so I find myself sometimes going and listening to specifically around the EV3 album. I went back and listened to the, to the album after we recorded. And I was like, okay, well, let me give this a try now at 34 and see how it hits, like, start to finish. And 
I still believe what I said and I still sort of think it's, I stand by what my faves were or whatever, but there were songs where I was like, okay, I didn't hear that before or okay. Like, you know, maybe that, maybe this is a little bit, maybe this hits a little bit different now. And I understand why someone would like this one when I don't. So like, I feel like that's kind of like, that's the episode where I was like, okay, let me revisit this and at least sort of understand what Josh right now thinks about it versus Josh has thought about it since, you know, for the past 10, 15 years. So that's nice that, you know, we can be open to kind of re exploring their catalog. I think that's another great thing about this podcast. It's, you know, you can kind of just look at things because a lot of things happen when we were young. And so there's that different level of understanding now, so many years later. It's kind of wild to think about how we're we're hypothesizing. I mean, we're generally within the same age range, I would imagine. I don't know what everybody's ages are, but like we're we're hypothesizing and wondering about decisions that they were making when they were in their 20s and early 30s, right? And so it's kind of wild to imagine being in their positions and making these big, huge decisions that define careers and, like, change the trajectories of, like, your path and your whole, like, sort of vision for your future. And so sometimes I do walk away and I'm like, maybe we were a little critical because I I couldn't do a, like, I was dumb at 25. (laughs) Like, I couldn't manage my (laughs) money either. Like, I couldn't manage money for now. I barely can manage my money now. So, like... Sometimes I do walk away and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe it's good to put it in context as be like, okay, they, they get a little bit of leeway because they were, they were young and trying to figure it out too, you know? I don't, I don't think my mind has changed on anything. Um, let me think. Um, no, no, nothing I can think of. We all have the same idea. I, I, we said what we said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my opinions did not come overnight. I'd be as a, being a part of the, this fandom for a very long time, um, yeah, my feelings are pretty much what they are. Well, let's jump into discussion, folks. A group as resilient as En Vogue will certainly have amassed enough stories to give fans and podcast hosts, wink, wink, plenty to discuss, and Hollywood producers enough to produce, say, a biopic chronicling their career. The idea of an In Vogue biopic has interested many for some time for some time now, so much so that some have been have taken to casting an In Vogue biopic themselves. Earlier this year, the TikTok fan casting account The Movies TSBM, The Movies That Should Be Made, cast their own In Vogue biopic. In the role of Cindy, they had actress Alexandra Shipp and Brescia Webb as Terry. Cast uh, as Maxine was singer Halle Bailey and Shantae Adams as Dawn. Back in 2019, In Vogue briefly discussed producing a biopic themselves. The Vogue at the moment is for all these TV channels to make unauthorized biographies of your career, of your life, of your chart history. How would you feel about one of those or would you like to do your own version of one of those? We we, we wouldn't like that to happen. Um, however, which is why we're in conversations about doing it ourselves. Can you tell us about that? We're having conversations, yes. serious conversations, yeah. which we would absolutely not have entertained before 
recently. Yeah. Dream actors, actresses to be involved in the project? Question mark. Oh my gosh. For me, I would have to say my best friend Holly Robinson Pete. I think that's a perfect choice. I, I um, Regina King is an amazing actress. Yes. Um, wow. Who else? Sin. Maybe Journey Smollett. Yeah. 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 Journey yes. Smollett. Yeah. Amazing. And what's it going to be called? They all have to have funny titles. What's it going to be called? <laughs> uh, we don't know yet. You're trying to get information out of us. Correct. We're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> it's going to be called Lightning in a Jar. That's right. right. That's there you right. Go. Yeah. In this episode, we'll be playing the role of casting agents for the Invoke biopic and sharing who we would cast in the roles of Cindy, Maxine, Rona, Terry, Dawn, and even Amanda. If she and makes the cut. <laughs> and if you're listening she to this will. episode. They love to add like that lady did not exist. They do. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode on YouTube, leave a comment sharing who you would cast and let us know what you thought of our choices. So let's get into it. But before we name who we'd like to see um, play who, do you think it would be best for them to go with established actors or is casting lesser known talent the best way to go? Well, JP has me scared. But even before, um, and I said it just because he's like, I guess like um, what I infer from what he was saying is like, will they have a big audience if this is on network television? Um, so if I'm interpreting that wrong, I apologize. But um, but even before that, my thing is A-list, 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 as much as you can, because it was kind of hard when I was thinking about like black actresses in their 20s, like who's actually considered A-list. Um, um, but I definitely say you want to make this as big as possible. So get big stars even though see now that I think about it there could be a discrepancy because if you have like a big person playing somebody then or that somebody's like the actress and a producer then there's going to be a power imbalance and some people might feel some kind of way but I went A-list um, as much as pop, as much as I could with um, you know the demographic that we have and um, you know TV now is such like a big medium before you know movie stars would you know not want to appear on television at all like back in the day but now like TV or what you know we consider or maybe I should say at home programming so like Netflix all of that stuff is just like where it's at so A-list A-list I took a different route I actually was like I went reasonable for television. Like, I went, who would be in a Fox TV movie? <laughs> and, uh, and that didn't skew as A-list as I thought. So I, I kind of went middle of the road. Like, who's notable? I, I think it, like, I think notable works, but I think, like, that's why I like the TLC movie. I feel like we knew those folks as act, as people, like celebrities, but they weren't like A-list, A-list, A-list at the time. Kiki Palmer's A-list now i think but like at the time i think she was she wasn't giving as much as she was giving now so like i kind of went middle of the road but i don't think unknown should be cast i don't think it'll be a list um i think it'll be like b b or c list maybe um which is fine too because they can they give you a good performance as well um i don't i just don't think that the budget is gonna gonna be great for like an a list actor actor I mean, when I can the people I'm going to suggest for casting are girls that I know can sing as well as act in some regard. Cause I, I, you know, Invogue is known for acapella harmonies. And I just feel like you can't, 
I don't want to see like these actresses try and lip sync those moments. I want to like actually hear those harmonies like for real. I don't like, know. Please don't do like they did um, with Diana Ross. Have her sing in Billie Holiday when their voices are so different. That's one reason I, I, I cannot stand that movie. I mean, it's not that I can't stand it. I just like her Billie Holiday's voice is just like it. And then you have someone who I, I love Diana Ross, but like her voice is not like, like how do you take the singer's voice out of the movie? So I don't I, like if that. Even with um, the Clock Sister biopic, like those women were actually singing. They didn't do like a, a lip sync version of Clark Sisters. Like they actually were singing, you know. So I would I would like for that to be a thing. Well, there's one more. There's one more question before we jump into casting. Do you all think that all six Invogue members should have a say in their storylines? Not at all. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> And Sydney and Terry don't even acknowledge Amanda, so no, we don't. I wonder what that is, too. That's weird. It's not weird. It's just that I, I think when you think of the masses, like the masses of people, when you think of in Vogue, like they're not keeping up with the everyday, you know, who's in and who's out. They know the brand in Vogue. They're not, I don't think most people care about who filled in for who, when, where, and how, you know? It would be interesting if they include her in the biopic. How long was Amanda in the group again? Like three years, no, four years? No, it wasn't even that. It was like a year and a Two half. Two years? Or... Yeah, like it wasn't that long. That's yeah. it? Okay, Magazine left in 2000. I don't know when in 2000. Rona was in there by the, at least late 2003. So, oh wow, um, I thought she was in there for long. She so had 01, 02, maybe some of 03. Would y'all, it, would y'all include Farrah in a Destiny Child? Well, you have to. Well, you have for to a, a second, you have to acknowledge that there was someone else there. Yeah. Right, when the two left, like two came in, you know, they were still very popular. They had the Say My Name video, which I still, and I, I, Michelle fans, like, I'm not trying to make fun of Michelle, but I just remember, like, I think it was like pop up video or something where they were just like, Michelle can hit the beat. So they just had her stop posing and then they had all the background dancers around her. <laughs> but, um, oh, but yeah, no. I mean, like, you, like, jumping, jumping, like, all of that, like, and then just the reputation of having the members leave. You know, like that came because of when they kicked out two, then they kicked out the third. So you have to show that. Whereas with Amanda, like nothing really significant happened. Like nothing led to anything because her coming or going. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, let's jump in and start casting fellow casting agents. We are gonna start with Cindy. I saw someone mention Alexandra Ship. Now Here's the thing. I, I'm not a fan of hers, but me either. I think if she lost 25 pounds, oh my god! <laughs> no, oh, I mean no. it's not it's not body shaming, but Cindy has always been very slim, very lean, very tall. Like she's always been the tallest member of the group. Um, so if you're going for like actual physicality, because I'm I'm assuming that we're just using original vocals. So if we're using Cindy's original vocals, Alexandra Ship would be fine. She just would have to be a little bit slimmer because Alexandra gives a very athletic butch, you know, appearance. She gives very like, you know, lesbianic situation. But Cindy has always 
I mean, I'm not going to play with y'all today, but Cindy has always given very feminine beauty queens. So if you're going to give Cindy, then you're going to have to drop 25 pounds. You're going to have to give femininity. You're going to have to give beauty pageant. And so I think Alexandra can do that, but she just has to, you know, make those steps. Just for the listeners out there, like, just, you know, what have we seen Alexandra ship? I know she was a lead in that Lifetime biopic, right? That's her? She, yeah. She was also Storm and X-Men. She was also in that horrible drumline sequel. Was she was, okay. Wait, she what, was who, Storm. What? what? She was Storm and X-Men as well. Oh, okay. So, I, like I said, I did choose, like, singers. Um, and I am very much uh, an advocate for, like, you know, lesser known talent, like getting these like cool, these cool roles. Well, I, I'm very wishy washy. <laughs> Should we get a drum roll? I'm, I'm very, I'm very wishy washy because I I wanted Jade Nova in the series. I just I just don't know who she would play. Let me get my phone. I'm very wishy washy. But I do feel like her voice, if she's really singing, I do feel like Jade Nova would give like would would do Cindy's parts justice because they kind of have the same register um you know and they have the same range it's kind of like that really like that like really piercing sound I kind of get that from Jay Nova so you know but at the same time you know Cindy is a light-skinned woman <laughs> so I don't know if that will work out so she's like a YouTuber no, Jay Nova. Jay Nova's a, she's a singer. Um, she goes viral because she and she does impressions of all these celebrities. Like she impersonates Cardi B, Beyonce, um, Tony Braxton. Like she impersonates everybody, and she's like really like she's really good at it. Like so that that's how I know like she can she's a good actress. Um, and then she's also a consultant, a vocal consultant on The Voice. Or make one of the two, but she's just a really good singer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of hers. Um, or what about Zoe Kravitz? As Cindy, you know that actually is not a bad. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking. Of, I didn't think of her. She would be like an A list, wouldn't she? Would she be like I consider her A list? Um, but I guess I'll get into mine because so I can like say why I wouldn't. When I was doing my casting. I looked at age and I looked at height. Like, that was very important to me. I, I should have looked at the Zodiac, but I mean, like, it's a very small pool for, for me anyway that I think. And so I picked Zendaya. She is a producer, so that would be great if she produced a project. She's on a TV show, Euphoria, but she also does movies, and the movies do very well that I know of, like Spider-Man and The Greatest Show on Earth. Um, she is a Bay Area girl. She, I pulled up the birthday tonight. She's 5'10", which is taller than Cindy, but then that works with the other actresses um, I picked for the other ladies. So, um, yeah, tonight is 5'10", and she's born September 1st, 1996. She's a Virgo. Cindy's a Libra born in September. But, so that, she's like in her 20s. So, I think everyone I picked then was from her, the, uh, is in their 20s. Um, well, I think most. I tried. 
And yeah, I just think like she would be such a good fit. She would bring so much attention to it. Like I said, she could be a producer on it. Um, she, I, it's a rumor that sh- she was in talks with Ronnie Spector before she passed away to like do her biopic. But I think this would be even better for her. The only thing is like with the power dynamic of her being like probably the biggest black actress out now um, in young Hollywood anyway. Uh, you know, and if she, she was producing it, like Cindy might have like a greater role in the movie, even though I think she should just, you know, because of her tenure with the group and what she had done before. But um, that is my pick for Cindy. It will be Zendaya and you get ratings just off of that. And I think that's something that they have to consider, like, you know, make sure it's a hit, get Zendaya. So I went with, it's so interesting. We all have different criteria for how we chose our people. <laughs> so I went with like relatively BC list. Uh, I went with aesthetic and with maybe around age, but like age as in like if I was casting like origin story more than like aging someone for now. So um and I went kind of obscure. So y'all probably have to Google these people. <laughs> um, so the first one I chose, I have two two picks, I think, for this one with a possible. No, two. The first one is um, an actress named uh, Macy Richardson Sellers. She's on the CW show The Originals. Um, and she's like a British actress, but she's like super tall and kind of giving Cindy aesthetic. And I think she's a decent actress. Similarly... There's another actress who was in the reboot of Charlie's Angels that came out in movie theaters with Kristen Stewart. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She uh-huh. was, I think her name is uh, Ella Balinska. She's also like 5'11", six feet tall, giving uh, light skin, skinny waif <laughs> um, tease. And so I think those two would be really interesting in this kind of uh, of a role. Shall we move to Maxine? You know, that's interesting. I had her originally, but then I was like, wait a minute. She played Chili. So I was like, nope, sorry. You're out, Kiki. I actually had to go kind of contrasted with what uh, the TikTok account, the movies that should be made did. I actually had Chloe as Maxine. Now which one is Chloe? That's the one who's not the Little Mermaid, right? Right. Has she acted in... Oh, they were in... Um, They acted on Grownish, right? Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, Grownish. And... Chloe's also in a movie with Liam Neeson that's coming out soon. I just feel like she's giving, like... She has an interesting way she moves that kind of reminds me of Max sometimes. Like, how she kind of moves her body. And she's also... Physically, I think she gives, like... A little bit... Like, she is curvy in the right ways. I just... I don't know. I see it... And even the way she approaches how, like her vibrato kind of gives me Maxine, like sometimes, like she has an interesting kind of voice. So I think it could be compelling. My Maxine, I picked China and McLean. Ooh, okay. I looked her up and she is 5'3. Maxine is 4'11", so um, Maxine would be about, what is it, seven inches shorter than Cindy, and Zendaya is 5'10", so that kind of works out, so she's still going to look short. It should be the shortest. She's the shortest one that I picked, and she was born August 25th, 1998, so she's a Virgo. Maxine is a Capricorn. 
earth. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm getting to the zodiac sign, but I think... I was say, not you casting people off their signs. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I feel like a Virgo could give Capricorn if they're, you know, centered a little bit. But um, she, yeah, I think she would be good. I know she and her sister sing. I think they've done Who's Loving You, the Invoke version. I don't know if she's the base. Anyway, my thing is, I didn't cast, like, none of these people I picked because they're singers. I don't want to hear them sing Invoke songs. Like, I want them to use the actual um, Invoke vocals. I, I think I'm a big proponent of that. I don't care how close she can sound to someone. Like, let, if I'm a singer, you know, um, it, use my voice when you're doing my biopic. Just like if I'm a painter, don't repaint my stuff. Use what I actually painted in my movie. Um, so that's who I picked for Maxine. I think, you know, she kind of reminds me of her, the, the bone structure. And she looks like she could be thin. And then sometimes she could get get a little, you know, meat on her bones. And she might go up and down. And that's like kind of how Maxine was. So that that little bit of physicality there, um, I think. Whereas Zendaya, I don't think she looks anything like Cindy. But I just think she would be able to pull it off, you know, with the right makeup and style. And she's a fashion girl. So China, I mean, yeah, China and McLean, she, you know, does in a sense actually remind me of Maxine. I actually have two choices. One choice is a singer, and I chose Tiffany Evans. Hmm. Okay. Um, ring or what kind of ring was it? Promise ring. Promise ring. Promise ring. Um, I chose. Yeah, I chose Tiffany Evans uh, just because you know sis can sing. And then my second choice is a non-singer, but it's Imani Hakim. Um, do you did you guys ever watch Everybody Hates Chris? Yes, the little sister. Oh, the little okay. sister, yeah. So she's all grown up, you know, and right now she's on this Apple TV show called uh, Mythic Quest. She's really funny. Uh, but for me, so I'm thinking when I think of. Uh, my reference for Maxine in this in this uh, way is Maxine with her short hair, um, it, on the Rosie O'Donnell whatever performance, or even her bodysuit situation in um, the Don't Let Go video. So I'm like I'm like what I'm like what actress can like really give me that? And I really I feel like Imani Hakim would would slay that role. Honestly, I th- I think she would give. I think she would give what needs to be given. But yeah, but if we're talking about singers, I think Tiffany Evans could do it too. Like I'm thinking about like um, Maxine's lead on Never Gonna Get It. I could I could see I could hear Tiffany Evans uh, recreating that on a track as well. Well, I apologize, but I'm going to have to veto the Tiffany Evans. I do like the Imani Hakim. Imani Hakim, though. She's gorgeous, and she's like 5'1", so... I mean, Tiffany Evans is 4'11", but is Tiffany Evans really? Has she acted in anything? Yeah, she used to be in Tyler Perry stuff. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so next up is Rona. Rona, Rona. She has such a unique look. That's in... It's interesting. Sometimes my I'm noticing that my criteria change for the most part um, from person to person because some people it's not so much how they look but what I think they can pull off. Um, but with this particular person that I picked for Rona, I don't know if she's an actor. She's a model, but she just gives me Rona. And interestingly, I was trying so hard, but um, she is a model. Her name is Riley Montana. 
She's five nine and a half, um, which I think you know um, Zendaya is five ten. So I think Rona is a little bit taller than Cindy, but not much where you really notice. So I think you know with the right heel, she could pull that off. She was born August sixth, nineteen ninety. So she would actually be the eldest, which is the inverse of um, you know the actual invoke ages. Um, but she just is one of those beautiful women who is ageless. So I don't think that'll be an issue, even if it's, um, she's about 32 now, even when she's 35, she's still going to look like she's in her twenties. So that's who I picked, um, strictly for the look. I've never seen her act. I just heard her speak. She's from the Midwest. Rona's from the Midwest. I think she could, you know, do Rona proud. I mean, I was going to say Don Richard, but actually that's not bad. I like that idea. And, and it's really just, how old is Don Richard? She's in her mid-30s. Yeah, she's in her mid-30s. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because Rhonda came in a group when she was in her 30s, right? She was in her 20s. She was in her 20s. But I think she can, I think Don can give that. And it's really, it's like, I'm thinking of like, because we talked about earlier uh, in the last episode about Rona being edgy. And so I'm kind of like, well, who can give that edge, you know, and, and all those different looks? Cause you know, Rona, Rona will, will have some, some braids and she'll have some faux locks. Then she'll come with that bob wig. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, <laughs> then she'll wear, wear like a, a curly thing. So I'm like, I'm like, who Dawn gives variety with her looks too. So I'm like, I could see Dawn, you know, I'm thinking of, um, Rona's, I'm thinking of the outfit Rona wore on the red carpet for the Billboard Music Awards, mm-hmm. oh, and like uh-huh. that being recreated. I'm like, I'm like, I can see Dawn recreated that. I can see Dawn in that light. And just thinking of narration, I think like it will be the like because you know when you're doing a story, like you want to have some kind of like a sympathetic character that people are kind of rooting for, and I think. Um, like I'm seeing like the last chapter of the movie, if it's a three-parter, it would have to be like, um, I'm thinking either like the, the breakup until what's current. Um, but if not, like I'm thinking it probably will start with her doing Satisfied. You know, you see, you actually see that because like EV with Masterpiece Theater and everything that's happening and um, you see that and you see Dom, Lucy Perel and all that follow up. But like, it would be great if she's kind of like narrating how she actually got into the group. But you see before, cause it's kind of like, you know, like a backstage musical where you're seeing like the inner workings of the industry. So just kind of explaining, not just like somebody who just kind of shows up since she has industry experience. So show like, you know, what it was like how some people had deals and the deals fell through. And then this, then, you know, like that's what I would like to see. So hopefully Riley could pull that off. I, um, I had a couple. I wrote a couple. So I wrote enough for everybody. Um, <laughs> maybe she's a little older. I don't know. I put Yaya DaCosta. Yaya! How tall? And she's a model. Right. I think she's striking in that way. Um, I also wrote down um, Tiffany Boone, who was in Little Fires Everywhere as the young Carrie Washington. I think she also kind of gives an interesting look. And then I also wrote Sonequa Martin-Green, who was on The Walking Dead and also was the lead in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, wow. Um, I think Can she... you say her name again, please? Yes, yeah, Sonequa Martin-Green. She's kind of been in a lot of different projects since Walking Dead, but I think Walking Dead was her first, like, big, big moment. So those she are looks my just picks. like Yaya. Oh my god! Yeah, they have like a, the same type of aesthetic, especially with the hair. I love Yaya. I remember Yaya from America's Next Top Model. She was my favorite. I'm from Los Angeles. Everybody was rooting for Eva, but I just loved 
Yeah, she was just so regal and just so well spoken. She spoke like I believe four languages. She just has that genesis qua and um, that kind of. I, ooh, I, ooh, now, ooh, I love that. Now, Yaya has has already been in a biopic. And she's worked in Fox, with Fox. Ex- exactly. Our kind of people. And then she's she was on that doctor show for, you know, I think three or four seasons. And she actually just went back. Um, oh, because believe, that show got canceled, huh? Yeah, because her other show got canceled. So she went back to where she was. <laughs> now, what biopic was she in? Was she Whitney? Yeah. She was Whitney, yeah, the one that Angela Bassett uh, directed. Oh, and Deborah Cox did the singing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why, why do I forget all of this stuff? Because it you wasn't know? memorable. Well, who's next on our list? Terry. Terry. Terry Ellis, the nun. So my choice for Terry Ellis was actually Coco Jones. Coco Jones... She's recently was on the the uh, Bel Air show on Peacock, the the uh, kind of like the reboot version of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but she plays Hillary. Um, one Coco Jones is freaking gorgeous. I'm talking about she drips melanin, so I'm like, I, you know, and Terry is is Terry is like this dark skin like beauty. So I was like, we gotta hire another dark skin actress that gives that same aesthetic. Um, and I, I don't, I feel like, well, maybe I'm thinking of Terry's figure, like how she's gotten older. Um, so I, I think Coco Jones may be a little bit more curvy, curvier than Terry Ellis as, as far as, you know, when Invoke first started. Uh, but I think that, I think she's a great, a great choice or at least a reasonable choice. <laughs> I'm not going to say great, but reasonable choice. <laughs> Okay, she's 5'10", and she is 24 years old from Columbia, South Carolina, where I have my my roots. We might be related. And she's, and she's, also, a, she's also a singer as well. Um, but I guess I've, I've kind of changed my mind about, like, them having to sing. But she's a singer as well. She's a performer, so she can dance, you know, all, and all that good stuff. So she can, she can give you what... She can give what Terry gives. And she's a Disney girl, too. Disney Channel film. She says she starred in the Disney Channel film Let It Shine. She's a Disney girl like oh God, that's in right. China. I forgot that she was in Let It Shine. Yes. My pick and my rationale for my pick is the eyes. Like when I was looking for tribes, like the person has to have the eyes. You know, um, and it's weird because like I said, with Cindy Zendaya reminds me nothing of Cindy, but with Terry, I was like, this person has to have the eyes. And just looking and looking and looking. And then, of course, me wanting like um, A-list or someone who is like has a name recognition. I went with Laura Harrier. Um, And like I said, it's mainly just because of her eyes. She has those big, I don't know if they're called doe eyes or just. I remember on the Invoke Craze Yahoo groups, they would say saucer eyes. (laughs) I don't know if that's derogatory or if that was a compliment or if it was just an actual term. But she has to have eyes, and Laura Hardy has the eyes. Um, she's been in a Spider-Man film. I want to say was she the one in the movie that won the Oscar with that actor about the was it Black Klansman or one of those? So oh, she's so yeah, yes. She's also she also plays Robin Givens in the Hulu version of the Mike Tyson biopic. Right, right. Oh, she's playing Robin Givens. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I love Robin Givens. I, I don't care what anybody says about her. I love Robin Givens. She is just all of that to me. Um, and it's interesting. Her and Don did that play together. Uh, Mama's Boy. And I was like, why is Robin Givens? Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So that is my pick. Lorhari A for Terry. Um, so this one was really hard. I wrote a lot of people down because I have a tough time making decisions. <laughs> um, so, and these don't even make sense. I'm reading them back to myself and I'm like, these don't even make sense. So, cause like the age differences between the rest of my folks don't, don't make sense, but maybe in a couple of years when they film it, this will be different. But I said Sky Jackson. No, because I, no. Because I think she's got the eyes. The eyes give me something. Eyes. That little girl is a demon. <laughs> and I was the biggest Sky Jackson fan, but then, um, because like I watched Disney, I watched Disney for far too long in my life. So I was still in my twenties watching Disney. So like I remember when Zendaya was on Shake It Up Chicago. I remember trying Ann McClain. I think it was Ant Farm. Um, my sister actually, she is older than me. And she loved watching Disney Channel well into our twenties, so she would watch. Um, that movie, Hey Jesse, and then you know, so I love Sky Jackson, but then the internet, you know, ooh, that reputation that she has. My other one was, um, and she's too young, but I'm just gonna say it, Marseille. Um, Marseille Martin. From, yeah, Marseille Martin. Yeah, way um, too young. Way too young, but I think she's got the look too. So like, grown up Marseille would be um, to play Terry. Yeah, I think she's got the eyes. She's so awkward. Yeah. And then How my other she? one, I don't know who I want to put she her just as, turned, but... She just turned 19 or oh, 20, okay. Oh, I know who my other one should be. I take them all back. My official pick is, um, I don't know what her name is, but Miss Mississippi from P-Valley. <laughs> oh, oh, my my God. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Period. <laughs> Period. What is her name? Oh my um, god, her name is Shannon Thornton. Oh my Shannon god, Shannon Thornton. Yeah, one hundred percent. She would be great. Wow, that's a great choice. Boom! I redeemed myself after the Sky Jackson. <laughs> 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 yes, Shannon Thornton. I want her in there in the mix anyway. Whoever she got to be, that's who. Yeah. <laughs> JP, did you did JP you tell us who you want to be Terry? I don't know. I can't think of anyone in particular. So I mean, I'm open. Now it's Dawn. Dawn. Oh, I think uh, this, Champ should. Go she got to be cat. So I chose Ryan Nicole Brown. Who is that? Ryan Nicole Brown. Um. Do you remember she played Misha Lay in the Misha Lay biopic on Lifetime? Oh, this is let me see how she looks. That's interesting. Ryan Nicole. Oh Brown. yeah, I've seen her. So I chose Ryan Nicole Brown only because I'm thinking of well, what Ryan Nicole is an artist, so she can sing, she can dance. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that part because I feel like she can, she can get what needs to be given. I'm thinking of Dawn in the Don't Let Go video. I'm thinking of Dawn in the Don't Mess With My Man video. Like I'm thinking of all that, but I'm also thinking of like Dawn, the problem child. Like who can really, you know, in, in like a dramatic scene, I feel like Ryan could, could give, could give what needs to be given. 
Yeah, yeah, and she and she her most I think her most recent credit was when she was on uh Empire. And she was also in our kind of people as well. Yeah, she was. She was. Yes. Yeah, that's right. She I just remember her interviews from when she I, I didn't watch the Michelle. Was Michelle on Lifetime too? That was on TV. Lifetime got everybody, but um Oh uh, Michelle, sorry, I'm thinking about somebody else. <laughs> I, I remember the interview. She doesn't give me Dawn um, from looking at her, nor from the interviews that she did. Um, so um, that'll be interesting because, of course, like sometimes, you know, some people can just pull things off and, you know, surprise you. Um, I don't know if we're looking for her to surprise us, though. So I'll get into my pick. And first, I just want to just um, specify that Laura Harrier is 5'9". She's born March 28th, 1990. So I still think I have my age range going for all my actresses intact, except maybe Yaya, because I, I might have to substitute Yaya out. Um, I mean, Riley Montana out for Yaya. I, thought, I think Yaya is a great pick. But um, so keeping with my theme of, you know, mainly casting the originals as 20-year-olds and taking into consideration height, I wanted this person shorter than Zendaya, about the same height as... Laura Harrier, who's 5'9", and then taller than Shanann McClain, who's 5'3". And I was thinking Zoe Kravitz at first, but then just certain things that she's done, you know, that's probably why I couldn't, you know, be a casting director. I'd, you know, be taking people's personal lives into account too much. So she kind of makes sense, but then I just don't care for her. So then I was like, who kind of gives me rocker? Who kind of gives me individual bratty maybe a little bit goes to the beat of her own drums in the most positive way possible like who is just like you know just not run-of-the-mill generic cardboard cookie cutter and so I thought about it and I thought about it and no one that I could think of actually looked like them but someone who I think embodies her spirit and met my criteria of age and height is Willow Smith and really? You know, yes. I think, like, you know, like, of course, when I think about Don, and I'm not trying to objectify her in any way, but there's just certain things that I think are prominent. One will be the tight eyes, and then two is the boobs. Like, Don is just known for having, you know, a great bust, um, a very, you know, I mean, it, that just is, like, people have commented on that, you know. Um, Willow, of course, she's, you know, this, this slender, svelte, a young lady, but she just, she has like this kind of independent spirit. I feel like she could be a little bit of a brat, like not saying her personally, but I'm just saying she could kind of pull off that kind of bratty unit, brattiness. She's the youngest. She's October 31st, 2000, which means she's a Scorpio. Does that automatically means, you know, I kind of rock with her. Um, so Scorpios are known for transformation. So I know she could transform into anything if need be. So, you know, um, have with the right makeup artist and everything, um, you know, and just like the right wardrobe person kind of, um, you know, like maybe not focusing on her body too much. Um, you know, she'll, she could definitely pull off like with the hold on dresses to give them something they could feel, but just, you know, in some of the areas where Donna, you know, had to be busty, you know, maybe that, you know, if people aren't looking for that, it won't be an issue. Right. So as far as though inviting her just kind of rebelliousness, I think she will be the perfect person to do that. Yeah, I this was this one was really tough because I I I don't I don't I still don't even really know I think I 
I think I stand beside Shantae Adams. I think that was a great pick. I think so. From I think that's from the TikTok uh, casting one. So I stand beside that one. Um, I also would throw like Ryan Destiny into the mix. Um, I really enjoy Ryan Destiny. Yeah. I think even Dom said she wanted Ryan Destiny to play her. Did she? In the halftime chat interview, if I remember correctly, she did say she would think Ryan Destiny would be good because I think she said she looks like her, even if they're different complexions. She kind of reminds her of her. There's an essence there that I kind of feel is similar. And that Ryan Destiny, was she in Star or Empire or something? She was in Star. JP, you got anybody for Dawn? Or you want us to keep moving? Yeah, no, this y'all. I don't know. I don't know who these people could be. I was gonna say this y'all girl. I I I I, knew, I was like, I know he gonna have a pick for her now. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Casting is really hard though. Like it's it's extremely hard. It's I here's the thing with like casting. Like I know there are a lot of people who are very um, adamant about the actor looking like the person to me that's not a huge that's not a huge problem for me just because I, I know that it's acting and i feel like if you embody the character like you know all their isms their personality their you know their uh body language i feel like that that works as well now there are times where it's like you get an actor and you're like whoa like when andre 3000 played Jimi hendrix yeah, it was like, oh yeah, this is like perfect casting, you know. Um, but that isn't always the case, and then especially like when, um, you know, with movies, all they cheat all the time. Like you know, uh, Tom Cruise is extremely short, but they always put him on on those uh, those boxes to you know to so he can look so he can look taller. You know what I mean? So it's so so I, I I'm not like super super. Um, like a sickler about like them looking like the 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 character, um. But I'm not, but I'm also not like I'm also not like here for like it being like a an extreme deviation from like and you're looking like you're like that ain't done. <laughs> Those things do kind of matter though. Like the height stuff matters. Like I remember watching the TLC movie and being like, why is Kiki Palmer so tall compared to the rest of them? Like because Chili, Chili is the, short, right? When Chili was the shortest one, I think out of all of them. Exactly. So I was just like that was it. It bothered me <laughs> more than I anticipated it bothering me. I get that too. And last but not least, <laughs> who 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 y'all got for Amanda? She didn't make it into my cut. I casted a lot of other people, though, if you want to hear my list, but she didn't make it. Yeah, I didn't cast her either. And let me tell you who I did cast, because I really got into this. So, okay, so we did the Divas already. Then I was like, okay, well, we have to do the supporting cast, too. So I'll go through this really quick. But I, Okay, so the supporting cast, of course, you have to have Denzel Foster. I did John David Washington, Thomas McElroy. I did Donald Glover, Sylvia Rohn, Holly Berry, Frank Gatson, Deshaun Wesley, Troy Jensen, Sean Mendez, <laughs> Sheila Eldridge, Roz Ryan, Glenn Braggs, Trevante Rhodes, Dre Allen, Marcus Scribner. Then I was like, well, there has to be cameos. You know, like, you know, like you have to have um, Sherry Carter and Donnie Simpson. I was like, okay, well, Tory Natin and Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Arsenio Hall, Anthony Mackie, Holly Robinson-Pete. I was like, well, you know what? I want a Kiki from Magazine, but she was chilly, so she could be Holly Robinson-Pete. Dr. Dre, I'll do Tristan McWilds, Raphael Sadiq, Leslie Odom Jr., Salt, Logan Browning, Peppa, Erica Peebles, Spinderella, 
Clubhouse and Nate Wallace and Luther Vandross because you know he has to be in the movie. I picked Coleman Domingo. Uh, wow. You went in. <laughs> you went in. But I'm here for it. I actually really like your picks for um, t- uh, Tommy and Denny. Those are really good picks. I agree. And I, I, I was trying to cast Hammer. I was like, because you know, like that was their first big tour. But I was like, I can't think of anybody like out now who could play Hammer. We want we want to re like re encourage folks to drop there, especially if you're watching on YouTube. You should totally like drop your cast picks in the comments. We want to yes, like please. hear yeah, them. Yeah, please tell us who. Please tell us who you're gonna choose so I can come and troll you. No, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the YouTube comments and be like, what? <laughs> and since we're just kind of in fantasy land, like who, like what director would you choose? Um. I am not a fan of this person, but I think they bring out the mess. And so I'm going to say <laughs> Lee Daniels. <laughs> like, Lee Daniels is... Lee Daniels does not make feature film, cinema film for me that's quality, but he can turn some dramatic ass television. <laughs> and so I will, I want, that's the type of melodrama I want. Like, I don't want heartstrings and, you know, syrupy sweet. I want drama. <laughs> I want, I, I would, I would be here for Gina Prince Bythewood to, to direct. Um, okay. She she just directed the Woman King, and I feel like child. The price went up, baby. <laughs> and, and and even with like the way she just captured like female unity, black female unity, like you know the nuances, the power, the the softness of it all. It was just so well done, you know. And of course, she's a she she made love of basketball, you know. Like so, she she's a black she's a black classic. I'll say I want Razzle Dazzle. I do like a little drama every now and then, but like I just want like big. Like I'm just thinking, and to JP's point earlier, um, maybe not even to his point, but it's just like I think some artists are just so visual um, that you know, like regardless of like the fan base and catalog, just as like a creative person, like you, 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 you know, just it's just the image and like how like somebody like the Renettes who you know, didn't really have that many hits, but it's like their look, people are kind of just so into that. So with them Vogue, like it's the look and the visual, the visual presentation. So creating the album covers with all that fashion and all the music videos and all of that, like, so I would want, um, you know, a lot of razzle dazzle. And I know like, I want to have someone who would really have fun doing that. So of course, like, like I said, this is dream casting, but like maybe a Baza Lerman or a Bill Condon, you know, just because they've done a lot of things like musical type of things. So I really want the musical aspect, um, you know, uh, uh, elevated, like just like have fun with it. Or even if you go full circle and maybe get one of the video directors that have kind of gone into film that they work with, like Tarsim did Hold On. That was his first film at a film school. And I don't know if he's done anything recently, but he did like The Sale and some other stuff that was just very visually stunning. And um, Mark Romantic, of course, has gone on into film. Um, he's a great director. And then Matthew Ralston, maybe just to, you know, kind of, I know they haven't worked with him since whatever, but just maybe, you know, just for old time's sake, he always, they always look beautiful in his videos. You know, the cinematography will be incredible if, you know, they actually use film and not digital. So, I mean, he's just, you know, the actresses will look beautiful. It'll just be, you know, just just something yeah. I would love to watch. You know what's interesting? I have gleaned from Matan's answers that um, 
that you want a uh, multi, uh, like you want like a multi-part like cinematic experience. <laughs> like we got A-listers and Boz Lorman in the mix, and I'm like, oh, the price is expensive on this production. This is this is out of the scope of TV movie. We are now that is that is Godfather esque <laughs> motion pictures. Oh, they should treat it like the guy. They should like give us a black movie that's like that where everyone's not, you know, just like some singer who doesn't really sing like the director. Like give us like in like the, with the drama, but like I, like with the background of the music industry too. So like make it like a background musical. So we're kind of seeing the wheelings and dealings because what they talk about with their contracts and all that stuff. That's kind of like historical. What happened to a lot of artists? So give us a story, but make it grand. Yeah, I will say that I think. The only thing I'll say is that whoever's at the helm, <laughs> people might read me for this. It just needs to be a gay man because <laughs> the detail, the details matter. Okay. Like if the costume is incorrect or inaccurate to the time, a gay man will be like, uh, uh-uh, that's not it. That's not, that's <laughs> not in vogue. Like I just feel like there's a level of scrutiny that a good old gay man that was raised in that era will appreciate that um uh you know some of these newer directors might not pick up on because those things matter in the end we want like a veteran that you know they're going to kill it so like i think um out of our list that would be bill condon i think matthew ralston is a is a good judy i also think um is boss lerman i don't know lee daniels but you know what was funny i was thinking billy porter for luther Oh Ryan, Mur- oh, Ryan Murphy. But it's just, I don't know if he, like, the beauty aspect, like how, it, has he done a musical? Billy, oh, Billy Porter, Billy Porter would, I, I think Billy Porter could be interesting, but like Champ said, like, or some, I think it was Champ, I can't remember, you said, like, it's, he just doesn't have the resume as a director yet. Plus, I think he would try to put himself into the movie and, like, <laughs> scene hog a little bit and I'm just like oh, I can't no so our submitted letter for this episode our season finale is from Gareth Gareth writes hi fam longtime listener first time writer here I've been tuned in since episode one and you feel like four of my good Judy's you keep hey. me company while hey. driving or getting it in at the gym anyway I won't keep you long I'm hoping you get the chance to interview in vogue one of these days and ask them all your questions but until then I have a question for each of you if you could ask or say one thing to in vogue as a whole or just one of its members what would it be it's a great question thank you gareth for your question thanks for supporting and, and listening thank you gareth um i would just say to them that i love them and thank you i love them i would ask them if they could do anything over what would it be that's a that's a good question <laughs> And I, and they better be honest about it, damn it. I would ask Maxine what happened to the Masterpiece Theater cover. Oh, that's, that's the question to ask. Period. If I could just get like some, some tea about th- that they wouldn't spill it publicly. Like if it was me behind closed doors and I could ask whatever I wanted and they would be honest about it, I would just be like, okay, so what happened? <laughs> I would be so nosy. I wouldn't share it with nobody. I just want to like, like, give me, give me some inside scoop that, that no one else would know. Like, tell me what, tell me that T. 
Thank you so much, Gareth. Thank you for listening. Glamorous. Yeah. Involved. Glamorous. Natalia. Living the glamorous life. Now we're getting into our rare track of the episode. And just in line with what I want for the biopic, Glamour, the track is Glamorous from Belgian pop singer Natalia's 2007 album, Everything and More, written by Australian writers Jade McRae and Adrienne Newman. The single version features In Vogue with Rona singing the second verse. Yes, yes, look what we started. This version of the song was released while In Vogue was touring with Natalia during the Natalia Meets In Vogue featuring Shaggy tour. So I actually like the song, especially given the time that it came out. At that time, I feel like it would be a song that I that I liked. It took me a while to get into it. I got into it once that uh, chorus dropped, and I do, I do like the fact that they gave Rona, you know, so much shine. Because at the time it was four of them, you know, it was funny that um, Maxine got that one part at the end. <laughs> That was really, okay, really that was really really funny, and I'm like, oh, the song is over. She had that one line. Uh, she sounded good though, but I, I thought it was cool that they gave they gave Rona that that shine, even though all four of them uh, were there recording or whatever. But I like the song. I did too. I loved Rona how she just came in with the like I said, yes, yes, look what we started, best dress tearing up the red carpet. Like she just, you know, she just eats the track. Like Rona's voice is just, it's like she's eating it, like literally, like it's just so crisp on beat, so much attitude and sass. She is just the one. I love Rona Bennett. Child, it's gonna have to be a pass for me. Um, I love, I love that y'all love it because <laughs> it is giving very of that year and time. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's it's fine. <laughs> Maybe if I transport myself back to that time, it would be better. But uh, it's kind of it's lacking for me. <laughs> The reason I'm not so critical is because it's not really their song. It's just like a feature. So it's just right. something fun, you know, like a little tour, you know, um, basically tour merchandise, really. And 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 the fact that it went, it was number two on the Belgian charts. I don't know what those charts look like compared to like a Billboard or even like UK charts. But I guess for, you know, the, the, the industry that they were in and it going number two, I'm like, Okay, it must have been a popular song. That must be like a sound for them, you know. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
I think like when Tally was like an American, well, will be equivalent to an American Idol winner, but in Belgium. So like she was like won like a big talent competition, like you know. So like it will will be like if Kelly Clarkson when she just won Idol, like whatever she pushes, you know, was going to the top of the charts. You know, um, what was it? A moment like this. So it's just like a song like that, but with you know in vogue, and then of course not a ballad. It's a bizarre, like even the tour, like it's just a we, it's a, it's a weird. That's just weird to me. But I'm not, I don't know nothing about Belgian music. So <laughs> yeah, she was huge in Belgium, apparently, because like that that arena, the Sports Palace, where they were playing, it was like packed, and that was a big venue. Yeah, Natalia is very popular. So I mean, you know, it was like I don't want to act like I think the song was all that I do like Rona's vocal, but I'm just saying like for what it was, like you know, I'm not looking at it as like a. You know, it was just a nice little throwaway track I, I'll listen to here and there. You know, I, you know, it, it it was what it was. It did exactly. what it did. <laughs> exactly. So that's a wrap on our season of Part of Us. I can't believe we have made it to the end of our season, y'all. We made it. A, a, a whole <laughs> season again. Ooh. And if you missed an episode or you want to relive the drama, then you can stream part of us on Apple Music, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and other podcasting platforms and apps. And for more Invogue related content, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invogue Craze. Also on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. And if you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions for our next season, then email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your downloads, for your letters. This has been a really good season of letters. Your comments on YouTube. We appreciate you all. So especially them comments on YouTube so Champ can you know, reply. We appreciate you all and we will see you next season. Season three, baby. Here we come. We've been renewed. <laughs> We've been renewed. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Part of us, an Invo fancast would like to thank the following listeners for contributing to the discussions this season. Sebastian, Justice Jackson, DT, Javon Francis, Romello, Jay Murray, Dylan, Isabel, Miranda, and One Finger Tight. Part of Us thanks you. This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invogue and chat with other fans by visiting Invogue Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invogue Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invogue Fancast is not endorsed by Invogue, E1 Music, or Invogue Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders. <laughs>